Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Flames. Thanks for listening to today's episode brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, your favorite Bruins fan and Flames podcaster. And uh, please be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episodes of this podcast as soon as they come out each and every day. So today we have some fun things to talk about. The Flames had a pretty busy weekend. Uh, They played their first inter-squad scrimmage over the weekend. And what did we learn from that? Uh, General manager Brad Tree Living squashed the rumors surrounding Flame star Johnny Gaudreau. We actually have a co-host now, so I'm very excited to introduce him. He is very nice and super talented. And allow me to introduce our co-host. His name's Sean. Sean, welcome to the show. Jess, thank you for having me, and thank you for the kind introduction. Um, (laughs) Super talented is probably not the phrase I would use for our first episode together. I think we should have (laughs) at least a couple before you decide to include the word super and talented when describing me. (laughs) So what is your background in hockey and media? So my background is I'm from Calgary, first of all, and I live in Calgary um, as of now, full time. So um, Basically, born in Denver, lived in Calgary my whole life, grew up a Flames fan because I moved to the city here in 2004, which is probably <laughs> one of the most important years in the franchise's history, obviously, when they went to the Stanley Cup final against yeah. the Lightning. So had they maybe lost in the first round, who knows if I would have grown up liking hockey. Um, but that's my background. I'm a Calgary kid. I love hockey. And then when I finished high school, I went to Toronto to do broadcasting school and then worked at TSN Radio in Toronto for four years. So I've spent the last four years talking everything Maple Leafs, so I'm so happy, so, so happy to be out of Ontario and I'm back in Calgary, back in my hometown. So that's the rough background on my personal and professional life, I guess you could say. Yeah. So welcome home. Um, I'm sure Flames fans are very happy to have you back and no longer talking about the Maple Leafs. <laughs> it's my win, honestly. Like, that yeah, was it really is. Four years of Maple Leafs. It was... <laughs> But it was an entertaining four years, I must say. Like, at least they, they weren't awful the whole time. They were just awful yeah. some of the time, and then they became good but didn't really live up to it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the Flames aren't much better. So, no one really <laughs> yeah. wins all of this. But at least, like, there's, like, that hometown connection there with the Flames so you can be passionate and invested in it. Yeah, for sure. Like, growing up a Flames fan, working in Toronto for four years, you kind of lose, and just working in media in general, you do kind of mm-hmm. lose the, I'm a Flames fan, I grew up in Calgary thing. Um, and you turn more, hopefully if you're doing your job right, you turn into professional journalism guy, uh, in which yeah. case you cheer for no one and you just hope everyone has fun. Um, so I'm probably closer to that side than I am to my mm-hmm. childhood Flames fan side. Um, but it'll be nice to talk about what's familiar again. So um, Definitely. super excited to be here and thank you for, to you for having uh, the opportunity to join you and and chat flames here for a very exciting time. I never thought hockey would be so prevalent in my life on July 20th. I know it's crazy to think about because like I, you know, obviously July 1st passed and you're like, Oh, that's such a big day for hockey. But we were all sitting around doing nothing (laughs) and not freaking out. I know what you mean. Like free agency. 
right now, this is when I worked in sports radio in Toronto, this time right now is the worst time of the year because you're normally oh, yeah. you're, you're hovering around the MLB all-star game. The day after that, there is not a single major sport going mm-hmm. on. So it's a sports radio desert. So for where we are right now to wear shorts to work and then come home and record a <laughs> podcast about hockey, like it's, it's the it's most great. overused phrase, but it's unprecedented. Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. The, I feel like every email I've gotten over the last three months is, yeah. I hope you're doing well during these unprecedented times. And now I am because hockey's back. Um, I have so many mixed feelings about the return because, you know, obviously like we're still in the midst of a pandemic, but Canada seems to be in a much better place than the United States. So, you know, get everybody there safely and I'm good with it. What do you, what were was your, were your initial thoughts on, uh, you know, when it all came to fruition that hockey was returning? Yeah. Like it's honestly a little disbelief that we're even here. Like I remember mm-hmm. working when Rudy Gobert tested positive and then the next day yeah. we had to do a show on the NBA season being canceled. Like, to get from there to here, it doesn't seem real. And a lot of people, the trusted journalists that I would listen to and read about, um, they would always say, if everything goes right, we could have sports back at the end of the summer, kind of in the middle of the summer. And that's yeah. where we are now. So I guess it, in a, it, so, it sounds so weird to say everything has gone right and sports are coming back because <laughs> it feels like everything has gone horribly wrong yeah. and we're just kind of rushing stuff in. Um, but I think there's kind of two lanes to do this. There is the lane of doing it safely and smartly, which I believe the NHL has done and I believe the NBA has done, or at least are both are trying to do uh, or in the mm-hmm. midst of trying to do. And then there's the, uh, we don't want to change too much. Let's just try and get something going, which is sort of the way baseball is going right now. Yeah. So the two differences is hockey and basketball. They have bubbles where the NBA is in Orlando and the NHL is in Toronto and in Edmonton, and that's it. But baseball, they're traveling, they're crossing borders. Well, not crossing borders anymore since the Blue Jays aren't yeah, in Toronto. I but um, I don't know. Like it is, it is bizarre. I think there. I think fans and and media and athletes and everyone who is watching should just be prepared that maybe it doesn't go all the way through. Mm-hmm. There's a chance maybe it starts, and especially in the bubble scenario, if Orlando or Edmonton or Toronto starts getting the bubble starts getting infected from within. Uh, not that I'm a, I'm not a doctor at all. So this is not any <laughs> medical advice at all, but I just think there is a scenario where things go wrong and I think it can go wrong and the season does get maybe canceled or paused again. Um, but we keep our fingers crossed that everyone stays healthy and stays safe and things can just go smoothly. We can start hockey uh, in the next week here and then make it all the way to, I guess, September, October when the Stanley cup final is um, and then go from there. But I just, I, I think in the back of my head, I'm a little surprised that we're here. Um, I'm not fully convinced we're going to get to the finish line the way we think we're going to get to the finish line. Um, But I'm also like the other side of me, the angel, I guess it's the angel and the devil. The angel is so excited to watch hockey and the devil is like, oh my goodness, are we actually doing this? That's definitely. I I guess I'm in the same boat as you, mixed feelings. Yeah, like the media person and the sports fan side of me is like, heck yeah, like we finally have something exciting going on, you know, content again. And then, like you said, the other part of you is just like, hmm, you know, let's see. (laughs) But so the Flames played, I believe it was 70 games. It was either 70 or 71. I don't remember. But, um, you know, they were having a really 
decent season, I would say. Um, this was my first season really following them. And mm-hmm. by season, I mean six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, I, I mean, obviously, like the Battle of Alberta and stuff was huge uh, with them this season and such. So it, I was impressed with their gameplay and obviously like their goalie situation wasn't ideal and it was kind of confusing, (laughs) but I think that they made a strong case for the playoffs. Now, would it be a deep run? Probably not, but I was very much looking forward to the battle of Alberta. (laughs) Yeah. First round. That was, yeah, like that, it just made for such great hockey and it was just awesome to watch, <laughs> especially, mm-hmm. I mean, even though they lost in that was it February 1st game, it was just so physical and it was just, it was like old school hockey. It felt yeah, like. No, it was amazing. And it had like, I remember working in Toronto, in Toronto, the way they focused about Alberta hockey is it was Connor McDavid and the Oilers, and let's laugh at mm-hmm. them. And that was kind of it. The Flames are the forgotten child in Alberta, at least in the <laughs> grand spectrum of Canadian media. But then the Battle of Alberta gets kicked into high gear thanks to Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cassian. And all of a sudden, all everyone's talking about is Calgary and Edmonton. It's not just Edmonton anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But looking back on the season that was before the coronavirus. I think, you know, it was the imperfect season for a lot of the reasons that you laid it out. Um, when they won the Pacific division the previous year, there was a lot of great play from a lot of individual players. And there was a lot of high expectations that were built upon that after a terrible playoff round against the avalanche. Um, there was, it was such an easy source of motivation for the flames. Like if you couldn't get fired up to rebound after that performance against the avalanche in the playoffs last year, then you couldn't get fired up over anything. So um, I think in a lot of ways, it was an imperfect season, a lot of ups and little downs, but it started trending towards the up um, right before the pause. So, you know, who knows if all that stuff matters after a few months off, but, you know, there's definitely hope in my mind. Definitely. I think that they had the momentum that they needed for a successful first round in the playoffs right before the pause. And will we see that? fire underneath them again hopefully (laughs) um i do think winnipeg is going to be a hard team for them yeah i don't think so Um, looking at all the playoff matchups i would say this one winnipeg and calgary is the most 50 50 of them all yeah i just it depends on you know if people i mean it's playoff hockey and they're professional athletes but like are they going to be taking it seriously as they would during a normal season? Because, you know, are they going to be more careful with the physical contact? Are they going to, you know, risk ruining next season for an injury? So I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup, but not the one that we want. (laughs) Any of us wanted. Coming up next, we get into the weekend that was for the Flames, which featured Brad Tree Living addressing the media on a rumor surrounding his team superstar, Johnny Gaudreau. So, rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. 
why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while other while the counterman orders the parts on his computer choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket now they are a family-owned business serving auto part customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto body auto auto body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Sean, you were telling me that you recently bought a car. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit of a personal experience you've had? Yes. Yeah, so I did recently buy a car and it's funny because everyone in my family loves cars and fixing cars and my car knowledge is exactly zero. Um, so I bought a new car at, or a used car, I should say. It was a Chevy Impala and all of a sudden we had an HVAC actuator flare up. Um, I couldn't tell you anything about what that is or what that does. It does have something to kind of do with the air conditioning and finding parts is one of the things I dread most about fixing anything. So going to rockauto.com saved me a lot of time and I was so lucky to know um, that I was getting the best prices on the market. And I hope that you got that all figured out. Oh, yes, yes. Especially in this heat. You we need, did. <laughs> you need some air conditioning. So, uh, you know, if you need some auto body parts, uh, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Put or write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. And again, that's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So what exactly are we expecting from Johnny Gaudreau this postseason? Um, you know, I feel like that's kind of been the main conversation when it comes to Flames fans. Um, you know, he's only had... 12 points in 20 games I say only as if I could get out there and do a better job but I think a lot of people are comparing him to Matthew to Chuck and you know what happens if to Chuck is better like what are we going to (laughs) do right well the Flames even have like you look at someone like Sam Bennett who has had a couple rough regular seasons not rough per se but maybe disappointing regular seasons in Calgary, um, multiple of them, but he's also had multiple playoff runs where he just elevates his game by so much and becomes a completely different guy. And you're just like, where, where's, where was this? And it's right. like, you almost inverse it for Goudreau, who, you know, like you said, 12 points into the last 20 games, uh, no goals scored in the last two playoff runs for the Flames. Like, that's an issue. But then you look at the regular season and he's one of the best players offensively in the NHL so Mm. it's such a conundrum and then you know you toss in a global pandemic into it and it just makes it even more confusing and then you toss in GM Bradtree Living having to call an impromptu zoom call with the media and it makes it even more confusing where when the Flames first started their summer camp they had two groups and Jeff Ward explained it that you know it was kind of just circumstances like literally the word the quote circumstances forced his hand into making the two groups and um, there was the main group, which had about 24 players or so, and then another group, which had closer to 12, and Johnny Goudreau was in the group closer to 12, and then we started hearing some rumblings that that smaller group was for guys who might have been out of shape, and um, maybe that being in the smaller group was to be seen as a form of punishment, and those rumors started getting a little bit hot, and when there's smoke, there's fire, I think, with a lot of these things, so to have your general manager call an impromptu Zoom call and shut that stuff down, like, it makes it 
it's an interesting conversation. I think first, do we believe tree living or do we believe the rumors that there might be an issue? I, I think for me, I always play it a little safe with this kind of stuff. So I'm going to take the side of the general manager and say there's not an issue. Um, but I mean, it's such an interesting approach to the playoffs here for Johnny Gaudreau. Right. And I feel like somebody was going to be the odd man out regardless. And it just happened to be Gaudreau. If, right. you know, but at the same time, is that kind of like a, hey, this is your warning. Right. Well, and he wasn't are, the only normal NHLer in that smaller group by far. You know, right. if it was Johnny Goudreau and a bunch of guys who were injured or definitely not going to be playing in the playoffs, then there's red flags to be raised. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it an, a media overreaction because I think, you know, um, sometimes the innuendo and reading between the lines of, of trusted media members can point out a lot of things. Um, but on this one, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, so to, like I said, there's so many layers to this Johnny Goudreau upcoming playoff run. There's a global pandemic. You don't know how anyone's going to play or right. look after a few months off. Um, the Flames had their first inter-squad scrimmage that you mentioned earlier uh, yesterday. And the main takeaway from that was it definitely looked like the guys had a few months off. Um, not to say that they're out of shape or anything. It's more so everyone's kind of rusty, getting back into the game rhythm, picking up the speed and all that kind of thing. Um, so that first scrimmage, it's, you know, we're not going to break down the X's and O's of that, but right. um, it definitely was a, a first time out in a few months for a lot of the guys. And the first time in, in, I guess you could say a quote unquote game intensity situation. So, you know, I think there's questions around Goudreau, and, but he has a chance to prove himself. Definitely. And I think people were maybe reading into it too much because there has been so much conversation surrounding him. Uh, you know, is he going to be traded? Is, is this going to happen? Is he done? Right. And um, it made me think about, uh, I think it was the day of the trade deadline. He took Calgary flames out of his bio on right. Twitter. Right. And everybody was like, Oh my God, he's coming home. He's coming back to the East coast. And then, you know, that didn't happen. Now, could, was that for fun? Right. It's the most was... funny story, like, of all time. It, I think that story pops up at least four times a year where, <laughs> like, insert athlete's name here. Yep. Taken X team out of their Instagram bio or whatever. So, I mean, he's yep. not the only person to fall victim to that. But here's a question I guess I have for you. And this is probably uh, a lot for our first episode together. But if the Flames were to lose in their five-game series – or I guess best of five game series against the Jets. Like, does that change? And Johnny Goudreau has a poor five games or three games, however many it is. Does that change how you think the Flames should feel about him going into next season? I don't know. Because like you said, there's so many extenuating circumstances right now that kind of prevent us from seeing really how any of these players would play in a typical situation right yeah so i'm on the exact same page as you for the same reason like if the flames lose this series um yes it'll be another disappointing first round i guess quote unquote first round playoff (laughs) exit it's so bizarre how the nhl has structured this thing um but you know it's five games i don't and extenuating circumstances aside the five games is too little a number to make any big decision about the future of your franchise so you know i think goudreau is i think I guess the randomness of it all probably suits him better because mm-hmm. when stuff is random, you kind of regress to what your average is. And Johnny Goudreau's average 
hockey playing is rather good. I don't know if you've noticed. So, oh um, yeah, you know, maybe there's a world where he does quite well in this. I would love to see him thrive and just kind of shut everybody up because I think, you know, with Matthew Tuchuk, like getting progressively better and becoming a superstar, it's people are going to, you know, want him to be the face of the team and say goodbye to like Johnny, like he's an old toy and he just got this new one. But I think it'll be interesting and I love, I'm living for the chaos. Mm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, would you say that he's the Flames player with the most on the line this postseason? Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because, you know, if we, so it, I guess it all depends on Brad Tree Living's answer to our previous question that we discussed, which was what does his future in Calgary look like depending on if he struggles against the Jets? If, if, Tree Living puts a lot of stock into this five games. And, you know, if Goudreau has a really bad first round again and no goals, like I said, if Tree Living puts a lot of stock in that, then, you know, I guess there's a scenario where it happened. I don't think he will personally, but mm-hmm. uh, so, but, uh, but then who else, who, who has more on the line than Johnny Goudreau, I guess. Right. Uh, maybe a guy like Mark Jankowski, who is kind of on the bubble a little bit um, of that fourth line and, if he really struggles, I guess you can make a decision there. Um, but this could also come down to coaching, where if Jeff Ward just rides the hot hand and, and pulls certain guys out of the lineup and then guys don't have a chance to prove themselves, um, it's tough. I would say no, that Johnny does not have the most to prove, uh, but he might be up there. Yeah. I like Part of me wants to say he doesn't, and I just keep focusing on the goaltending because we don't know what's happening there. Right. And that's kind of just my big red flag right now <laughs> until we have any sort of answer there. Right. Well, but, this plays a lot into what we're going to get into next segment, Jess. Yes. Um, we get into the three things we are most interested to watch in the Flames' return to play. You mentioned two of them already, Matthew Kachuk and goaltending. Those two both feature prominently on my list. So we have a nice little list to run through of kind of our concerns and, you know, we're picking each other's brains here. Um, You know, so number one on my list of three is uh, Maddie T taking up, not uh, taking his intensity up a notch for the playoffs. I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. And I feel like he's somebody who always is ready to go and is just always locked in. So I'm looking forward to see his performance. Yeah, in terms of the like the top three things we're most interested to see here in the playoffs, Kachuk would also be high on my list. Um, and you mentioned the word intensity a lot. He's the most intense guy in the regular season. So mm-hmm. to see him in the playoffs is one of my most exciting things. One of those things I look forward to most. He makes me excited for hockey and like the middle of February on Tuesday against the wild. So um, watching Kachuk in the playoffs would definitely be high on my list of most interesting things that we're looking forward to. Um, to start off my list, I'm going to go with the most dynamic duo, or I guess two, two out of three parts of the most dynamic um, triplets from last night's intra-squad game. So the Lucic, Bennett, and Dubé line was by far the most impressive line at last night's intra-squad game. I'm more spo- focused on Milan Lucic and Sam Bennett themselves, can they carry that preseason power into the postseason? 
um, because I wasn't necessarily impressed with either's regular season. Um, and we talked about Bennett earlier, but Lucic specifically having the veteran presence and having that um, cup championship with the Bruins, which you would obviously know plenty about yes. uh, on his resume. Those two guys, I'm both interested to see a lot how they perform in the playoffs because um, I both think they do have something to prove and both have the capabilities, in my opinion, to step it up. Absolutely. And just to kind of like piggyback off of what you were saying, um, you know, how much did this rest help the older guys like Gio, uh, Lucic, Brody? Um, you know, I really think that this gave them, gave their uh, achy bones a little chance to breathe and to heal uh, before they make a run for the cup. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be, it can only be a positive. Um, you know, yeah. no one really got hurt over this break. No one was doing anything crazy, uh, no workout accidents. So I think this rest can only help, you know, specifically the older guys that you mentioned, Mark Giordano would come to mind first, someone like TJ Brody and Lucic as well. Uh, but then also guys who might've been banged up or even might've had injuries that we didn't really know about and they were just playing through. Having a few months off just to reset and get all that stuff re-energized um, can only be a positive, I think, in, in my mind for the Flames upcoming run. Um, moving to number two, just on my list, speaking of those injuries, not really injuries, but I guess lost players, Travis Hamanick, he opted out of um, joining the NHL bubble. And, you know, we can't argue about the off-ice decisions, obviously um, his choice to make, but in terms of the on-ice impact, you know, Travis Hamanick opting out does have an impact on the Flames' blue line. The one player I'm looking to specifically to kind of fill the void would be someone like Rasmus Anderson, who has shown a lot of bright spots in his play in the regular season and with his time on the Flames thus far. But, you know, now the pressure is going to be on a little bit and he's going to be relied on just a little bit more than he might otherwise have been. So um, Rasmus Anderson's play without Travis Hamannick uh, is something I will be watching keenly on in these maybe three to five games against the Jets. Definitely. I think that he could be a player who thrives under pressure or he just maybe gets lost in it. I, it again, we don't know how any of these players are going to handle this. Right, right. But um, number three, who actually starts game one? Hmm. I honestly, goaltending. I just I I don't know. I really don't know what Ward has up his sleeve. Um, if Riddick's elbow is as good and healthy as they say it is, sure. Uh, that decision has probably been made and he's good to go. And, you know, what can Cam Talbot do to earn that starting spot? And right. I, I guess Riddick just has to stink. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> during, I, I mean, like, that's a preseason. That's an interesting question. I'm not sure if Cam Talbot could even, you know, if we got Jeff Ward some truth theorem and asked him, can Cam Ward earn a starting <laughs> spot based on his play in this, you know, summer camp kind of warm up thing? I don't know if he can. Um, in my opinion, I believe the Flames are probably going to go with Riddick. Um, I guess the question might be whether or not they've actually made that decision already. Like, have they decided this is our guy, barring any sort of freak injury, um, he'll be starting game one. Um, moving to the final thing on my list, and it ties perfectly into the goaltending. Let's say it is Riddick who starts game one. Let's just say that's how it works out. And he struggles. You know, in the playoffs, Coaches, they pull out their goalies a lot, it seems, more often than, than they do in the regular season, um, especially when you have a combination like Riddick and Talbot, who are both kind of more 1As than number one goalies. 
I'm very interested to see how patient Jeff Ward is with his goaltending in a five-game series because we've seen plenty of coaches be plenty impatient in a seven-game series. Now that that time is actually shrunk by two games, how, how impatient is Jeff Ward? Does he pull the trigger a lot faster or does he slow play it and maybe get burned for slow playing it? Um, I think goaltending decision making is going to be heightened and highlighted across the playoffs, not just in this series, but in every other series as well. Absolutely. And I do think that it, it is a double-edged sword because, you know, there will be people who agree with him and disagree with him regardless. And, you know, like it'll just be essentially Monday morning quarterbacking mm-hmm. if they lose yeah. the, in the first round. So <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there, I guess. So coming up later in the week, Sean and I will be joined by Harrison Lee of uh, Locked On Jets for a deep dive into the Flames qualifying round matchup against the Jets. Uh, And you can follow us over on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and Sean underscore Lavery. And please be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you will get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as they're available each and every day. Now check out the Locked on Jets podcast for an opponent's perspective to what will happen between Calgary and Winnipeg. Our boy Harrison Lee does a great job over there. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow.